Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, is Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Ben, I am in beautiful, sunny San Diego, uh, hanging out here. So if anyone is confused about like what my background is, I'm just in some random Airbnb. Um, I'm also like two blocks from uh, Balboa Park, where Foot Locker Nationals are now Champs Sports Nationals are now held. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's hillier than than you'd expect San Diego to be. Um, but hopefully that you're having a just as entertaining week and uh, as I am. Absolutely. Are are you going to go for a run over there? Are you going to walk the course? Check it out. Uh, I I am going to run to the coffee shop. I think that's like the most running that I've been doing. Uh, we sat out on uh, like under some trees and waited to get into our Airbnb. Um, but uh, no, I I don't run anymore. I'm the biggest hypocrite there is. So um, <laughs> yeah, just me. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. We all we all come to that point eventually in our lives. Um, so we are up to 110 ratings on spotify we're up to there on apple i think we're staying steady on the ratings but we did get two new new reviews um one that says love the podcast keep up the great analysis and then a second one which i think was from a little while back that we just missed but said fun crew with good coverage and analysis particularly the collegiate distance running scene i'm especially enjoying the d3 coverage so love those appreciate it don't know why our numbers aren't going up if that someone's like not like taking down their review as other people are rating i I, i'm not sure what's happening i think what it is is that if they put in the five stars that counts as a rating but if they write one it doesn't count so i don't think a a written one it might might be different but will we take it absolutely it still helps the uh, algorithm still helps us so we appreciate it thank you um also you know Helps our egos a little bit, right? You know, we're, we're in front of a camera, in front of a mic for, for a reason. So, but no, I know in all seriousness, appreciate it. Um, do want to quickly start uh, be- before we get going on anything. Um, just want to yeah. let everyone know we've made an announcement on the site, uh, Streamline Athletes and the Stride Report. We've parted ways. Uh, we really just want to appreciate uh, and thank Streamline Athletes for all of their work for the past year and a half. Um, without them, there is this, this isn't revived. We're not doing this anymore point blank period there's no other like well this could have happened no without streamline athletes this wouldn't have happened they're the best recruiting platform uh in track and field it legitimately is unmatched that platform is incredible um it was a mutual parting of ways very amicable we're wishing them the best of luck we have no intent to change anything that we're doing here with the site we're going to continue to grow everything's going to stay in largely the same um and i think people are going to continue to really like what we're about to push out later in the year so just want to make that note um but other than that ben what did you want to start with today let's start with caitlin tui and she was and maybe what she's not uh, the group that she's not a part of which is the bowerman finalist caitlin tui who broke i i make sure that i have this right four collegiate records this year Three, technically four, if you include the en route fifteen hundred indoors. I believe. Right. Okay. So yeah, three and a half. Um, did not get included, largely in part we think to her outdoor NCAA performances. Do you think? I mean, you could say the same thing about Britton Wilson about having great years before the outdoor championships. Do you think that was kind of the nail in the coffin? Um, do you think she's a finalist and possibly even the winner if she wins at least one title this outdoor season? Um, 
Yes, I think she's definitely a finalist. Um, it's so hard because, like, I think it's very easy as a distance site. We've built a distance community here where, of course, we're like, Caitlin Tui has to be in there. If you look at the resumes, though, and I can't believe I'm saying this, if you look at Britton Wilson, <laughs> if you look at Julian Alfred, if you look at Jasmine Moore, it's like, okay, wait, so they all have multiple NCAA records and they all have national titles and they all did much better on the national stage outdoors than Tui did. I, I, I get it. I get it. Do I agree with it? I, I think it's harder to break three different distance records in over what yep. two seasons. I, I just do. I think it's harder to do that, especially by the magnitude that she did it with. Um, I, I don't know if I agree, but I don't know if I disagree with her being omitted either. I'm, I'm stuck in a very, very weird middle ground, a gray area. And it, again, I just want to know what the criteria is. I've been saying this for three years. I've written articles about this. What is the criteria? And yet no one seems to be telling me. It's like, well, it's it seems to be more about times. Really? Well, if it's about times, then like, is Tui that much less? Well, if it's about titles, it's like, well, then why didn't Cheserick win it? Like, Cheserick's the most yeah. winning distance runner ever. Like, th- there's no balance. There's no, like, uh, you know, match to it. And that that's what really is is the most frustrating part out of all of this. Yeah, it, I mean, she really would have had a perfect case if she would have had the double at the outdoor championships. And I, I, there, there does seem to be a little bit of recency bias where it's like we saw the last performance we saw from her was her by far worst performance all year. And and you can't help but wonder if they had voted if like she had her indoor kind of performances uh, this May or this June if maybe she has a little bit more uh, possibility or possibility of being one of those finalists. I I really think that the lasting image is kind of hurting her. Um, It's just unfortunate. I agree with you. I think she, she's has a case, but it's not an overwhelmingly strong one where you're like, man, she really, really got like, they really dropped the ball by leaving her off. There's a perfectly good argument for leaving her off compared to those three. Yeah, and I think it's very easy, again, for us to be as biased as we are towards distance runners in favor of distance runners. But this was a ridiculously stacked year for the Bowerman. I mean, all of those women who made it were well-deserving. There's been yep. years where there's been finalists as like, nah, they threw them in there because they kind of had to. Um, but this year it felt like there were four women, two included, who could legitimately win it hard decisions had to be made i i don't um i don't disagree with this more than i did with chesrek not winning I'll, I'll say that much yeah yeah that that one we could have probably our own standalone podcast on so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll keep yeah. moving uh let's go on to we had some announcements from athletes turning pro so let's start with charles hicks who is turning pro with nike and joining the nike bowerman track club um, this comes as a bit of a surprise as Hicks, um, had at least what one more, he had one more year of eligibility. We have one more. Um, yeah. he would have been obviously the favorite in, uh, cross country this coming fall to defend his title. He probably would have been one of the favorites to win the 5k and 10k indoors and then outdoors. Um, he's coming off a second place finish this outdoor season in the 10k. 
But at the same time, you, you also wonder if you're Hicks, if you're striking while the iron's hot there. I mean, he obviously could go on to win more championships, but he's in a great position now. He had an NIL deal with Nike already. Um, and it just seemed like he was ready to make that move. The more interesting part about this for us, obviously, is what it does to Stanford's chances this coming fall. Yeah, um, I thought he would stay. I thought there was a chance he'd go pro, but I thought he'd stay. Um, I get it. Like, World's coming up, you know, yeah. Olympics, I believe the following year, if I'm right. I believe Olympics, Correct. yeah, uh, Paris. Um, but I get it. I, I get it. The the thing, though, that I was like, man, Stanford has a real shot to win the team national title. Because, yeah. like, yes, they lose Devin Harden. They lose Micah Boudin-Rousseau. But they get back Thomas Boyd in, and Sprout, who is hopefully going to be healthy this time, and Robinson. You add in Hicks, and you pair him with the, the young brothers, right? And Robert DiNonato improves. And there's a few other guys in the mix, right? Evan Burke, maybe. I was like, man, we wouldn't wait until the winter? Like, that. that's what surprised me a little bit. Do you still believe with Hicks gone, but the young brothers and all those people moving in and out that I mentioned, do you still see Stanford realistically being able to win a national title this fall? I still think they could in the very, very much sense of like a best case scenario where everybody stays healthy and and like runs not even to their hundred percent, which I think is what makes it a realistic chance. If they're all like, 90 95 percent um then i think they have a good shot um obviously there's a that it depends on what other teams are doing what does nau look like um by november what does some of these other challengers look like but i i still think they have the guys i their margin for error is way lower now um one of the most dependable cross-country performers of the last year or two is Hicks and to lose him for a team that's not been very dependable is a big blow. So I I mean, they, they have the talent. I am not going to pick them to win the title by any means, but I, I think I, I'm trying to go through my head of who would be, who's behind NAU is probably BYU. And then it's Stanford, I think. Right. And so I I, I think Oklahoma state, I think if if they bring back, Masaudi, Mayor, Shitsama, um, if he's gonna run. I think Shoppy is back. And then there's like one other guy who I'm I think oh Lori Leonard. Like I think Oklahoma State's definitely in that. And they are bringing in some strong guys too. Um, they are. So yeah, I, I agree. So I I mean I still think they're probably Stanford's still a top three, top four kind of school. And as we've seen in years past, like NAU specifically last year, if you're in that top four kind of position and you've, you have experienced guys, you have a shot. Um, and they have the front runners to be able to kind of put themselves in position, but this is, it's a big blow. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. Yeah. No, a lot of it's going to depend on are Lex and Leo young, both going to be as good as we think they can be. Yeah. Um, if they're and top it's hard. 15 names, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like freshmen, true freshmen, are not always as good as I think we sometimes believe them to be. You know, um, it's it's really rare, like, to run that well on the national stage. This is not to say that they can't run well. This is not to say that they can't be all Americans. But you need both of them to run well, and you need both of them to run like 
top 25 well you know yeah um and that that's a that's a big ask so we, we will see what happens but something to keep in mind watch out for robert dinato thomas borden evan burke and a few others those guys will also be crucial i'm gonna remind you of this when we're doing our individual rankings and being like do you remember what happened with colin solomon last year let's Calm let's, let's pump on. the brakes move on Calm <laughs> down. get out of here dude get out of here the difference <laughs> is that colin solomon never ran what 1334 for 5,000 meters so a that's little true. different that's true that's true. Um, all right, let's go on to the next pro announcement. Creighton Carosa um, looking to turn pro as well. The Texas 800 meter superstar making the move. What was you? How surprising was this move for you? A little surprised. Um, I thought like his his stock as a pro might be better if you were to wait um, a yeah. year. I have. I'm not reporting anything, but. I have reason to believe that Will Sumner might be going pro. I'm not reporting that. I don't have anything firm on that yet. But we, I have one or two rumor. There's things. a rumor mill going. There's right a rumor. There. We have like we have a little some some that suggests like maybe that's the case. I don't know that for sure yet. But if if he does leave, um, then I don't know. It's 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 busy Mana who's left, and you got Usama El Bichebe. But like that that Titan roadblock is one less for now Carroza and yep. I, he might have actually been ill at the outdoor national meet um actually does he even have no he has eligibility that's right he, he just yeah. have, he has eligibility on the track I believe so I was a little surprised but like I, I get it, it makes sense like it, it, he could go now but I was surprised I thought he would wait a year yeah I mean if he has a good offer it's hard to turn down but I agree I I thought he should have stayed especially I mean again we have no knowledge of this, but just putting the puzzle pieces together of what Sumner just did at NCAAs. We have a world championships coming up like he's going to be a top contender. We've seen what has happened in terms of um, past top freshmen running and winning NCAAs uh, like Donovan Brazier, what they tend to do after that. So you can kind of connect the dots a little bit and think that at least it's a possibility at the very least. And yeah, so I, I think if Croza would have come back, it would have been him, Bizimana, and Bushabi. And like, there's a great chance that he could have won one of those two 800 meter titles between indoor and outdoor. And I feel like that bumps his stock even higher. Um, so a little bit of a surprise there. And like you said, thins out the herd a little bit on the 800 side. But as we've seen over and over again, that 800 meter group refreshes and replenishes itself i'm sure there's going to be one or two names that make a huge jump going into the 2023 2024 year and all of a sudden we're talking about them as a title contender as well real quick note on sumner mara did send us a link the ustf ccca link it's a job opening for the head cross-country coach position at georgia which is currently occupied by i believe pat henner um and if he's gone that's an interesting development a little unexpected. Just going to throw that out there. Anyways, um, what uh, are we going to move on to next? East Tennessee State cuts a little suddenly. Um, men's indoor yep. track. Um, this is one of the better distance programs in the Southern Conference. Admittedly, Furman dominates that conference. But they've got some guys here and there. They had a 148 guy this past year. You know, Evan Guzman is a pretty decent guy on the grass. Uh, not Nothing crazy, but pretty solid. They cut indoor track. Um, I'm a little surprised that we're still cutting programs in the post-COVID era. Um, yeah, a lot of it, you know, if, from what the press release states is uh, due to Title IX and a decrease in male enrollment, I believe, in comparison uh, to women. Um, 
So it's it, it's a little more Title IX. They say financial and human resources things. Seems like it was a little bit of everything based on that. I sometimes question some of these releases, but we only can go with what we have. They have an indoor track there that they can use, and that's the frustrating part. Oh my part. gosh, do they really? Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not a good one. Like, it's like I raced at it when we had still have it. like high school state championships. It was a horrible track, but they have one. And like, that's what makes it all the more frustrating, like that you have it, you have the athletes. Like if you're trying to, I, I, I like understand the title nine argument to a certain extent, but like if you're trying to cut money or anything, don't cut the, the, the sport where you already have the athletes and you're not actually going to save any money probably from this move. So it just is, and you already have the facilities, like you have the, you have the athletes, you have the coaches. It's just, it's puzzling. Like I, I, I don't, I also don't know, like, I, I don't know how title nine works hundred percent in this regard, but like, you're not like losing any student athletes by making this move. It's just like, uh, you're cutting this, the number of sports, I guess. That you're you, you technically are because it's counted as indoor okay. track is counted as a separate sport. So like they, by a number strict numbers perspective, they account, they're counted as separate athletes. Um, I believe that's how it works. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, but I'm pretty that sure that sounds that's right. The case. Yeah, um, yeah, we just we just make stuff up here at TSR, but um, but no, I, I agree. I thought thought it was odd, a little surprising. Mid majors, there's always this kind of if your if your school has enrollment issues, this this happens more often than yeah. not. Um, not not more often than not, but it, ha- it it's not unusual and, or entirely shocking. So um, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Um, but let's move on. To I think the biggest piece of news. Do we want, yeah, well, no, no, no. We got what we got one more piece of news. I didn't want to get too, too ahead of myself, but uh New Mexico hires Darren Gawson to do their uh the next uh, be their next head coach. He uh is coming from Bradley, where he uh developed their men's cross country team to their first ever national meet appearance in cross country in 2018. He's uh developed uh Wilma Nielsen, uh, who ran 202 and 238 uh, over 800 meters in 1K, uh, and Tiana Lestroca. Uh, from this past spring, who ran 410 for 1500 meters. Uh, Nielsen was an All American. Lestroka qualified for the Outdoor National Meet. Uh, thoughts on the hiring? I thought it was perfect. This is the exact kind of hire that I thought made sense picking someone from uh, who was already the head coach at a maybe smaller mid major program and elevating him to a program where he's going to have a little bit more resources, obviously has a lot more prestige and legacy behind it, uh, at least on the women's side. And so I, I thought it made a lot of sense, really great hire for them. He he's turned into Bradley into, even if they're not a consistent, like national qualifying team to a consistently solid program in the Missouri Valley conference, which is sneaky competitive. And they, and he, has shown the ability to develop top end athletes. So I, I think giving him a little bit more resources, maybe some better athletes, I think he's going to not make New Mexico necessarily what Franklin had them, but they're going to be still a very solid, good program that I think should be competitive to make nationals almost every year um, going forward, which I think is about as good as New Mexico could have hoped for. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's a really smart, solid hire can take a 
like you said, probably like not even a higher tier mid-major just in terms of like traditional athletic mm-hmm. size, not just cross country or track. I mean, but just in terms of like, you know, a traditional established mid-major uh, like New Mexico is uh, in comparison to Bradley. Um, even New Mexico has some, has some athletic funding issues in the past, but ultimately what I'm saying is, is that like, this is a good hire. He knows how to operate this kind of like this, this level, but New Mexico is already at a high level of competitiveness, which he Gawson has proven he can get them to. Um, he's developed a handful of competitive individuals. Um, and not only that, but like he can come, he can come recruit internationally. And I believe yep. Mara or, or Brett in our uh, Slack made that point of like, Hey, um, you know, like for a program like New Mexico that has recruited heavily internationally, this is a pretty, you know, uh, synchronous, synchronous, synchronous fit. I, I think, you know, it's, Yeah, I know you're thinking if like if that's a word or not. I think it is. We're gonna just kind of go with it. But I like I like the hiring. I thought it was really smart. It's not the first one I would have thought of, but um, in retrospect, as we step back when we were talking about who's the kind of person that like we think this matches for, this is exactly like what I envisioned, but didn't really know how to put words behind. Yep, I agree. Yeah, they they brought in a lot of British athletes. I mean, my um, British teammates at Belmont. We knew them fairly well, especially that 2018 team that had like Mike Ward and Heron Dunderdale, who really good at on Bradley. the grass. At Bradley, yeah, yeah. At, um, yeah. and uh, Dunderdale was a good steeplechaser. So I, I think he's going to continue to pull from that pipeline, um, and I think that'll be very, very successful for a New Mexico program that has Josh Kerr as one of its alumnus. And mm-hmm. like again, you can you can pull from at least the Great Britain side of things, and then. Um, expand from there as well, which I think will give him a nice leg up and make the transition a little bit smoother for him. Agreed. Agreed. So good hire. Um, but speaking of international athletes, Amelia Mazadowney and Elise Thorner, two former New Mexico athletes, went to the transfer portal once Joe Franklin left. It was a Mazadowney who went to Florida. Now it's Thorner. All within Earlier this week, we're recording this, what, Sunday? Um, I mean, thoughts, reaction. I mean, just this was was wild, right? I mean, it completely changes everything. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we had mentioned Mazda Downey to Florida as a a strong possibility last week. It still felt like, man, is that that really who's going to end up with someone who I consider as one of the best overall athletes? to hit the transfer portal. Um, and I, it just, that seems like a big leap, but they do end up landing her. And then the Thorner edition in my mind is almost as impactful because yep. it gives them so much more margin for error. It gives them a great, great top four and really starts putting them firmly in that podium contender status. And that is, I mean, Mazda Downey would have, I think, inch them towards it but her alone wasn't she wasn't going to be the 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 person to push them over that that edge and thorner is they have four strong you can kind of bank on them finding a fifth and developing a fifth that's just good enough and this is we're not talking about a colorado type of team with the exception of maybe volby who struggles a lot with injuries and is inconsistent. Like the the rest, the, the rest of this like top four is pretty solid, pretty consistent. Mazadowney, Thorner, Asikal, 
like we can expect them to show up and run well at the NCAA NCAA level, which makes like the fact that they have four top tier women, I think, whereas like Colorado, they have more than that, but you have a lot more question marks. So I I think this elevates them so high and I'm really, really excited to see what we're going to see from the Gators this year. I don't think I've been doing this now for, I think, um, eight years in total writing six with DSR, maybe even six and a half almost. Um, I've never seen a program go from being a, I don't even think you're going to make the national meet to you could win the national title. <laughs> That's insane. Um, I I was confident that Will Palmer was the right move for Florida. Um, I knew he would bring in a name or two. I didn't think those named or twos would be as impressive as Asikal or Mazadowney or Thorner. And I didn't think he'd get three of them. No. I mean, that I didn't is, think he had the money to get three of them. I didn't, I neither did I. So they get Asikal. I was like, well, I wonder how much money here. Like, Cause you know, Florida historically, you know, it, it they don't really bring in that many, at least not under Selinsky. They didn't. No. Um, and you kind of just like, you also think back and you're like, do you know how many things had to go perfectly? for this Florida team to now be in this position, right? Like Volby, who actually just signed an NIL deal with Nike, looks like she's mm-hmm. at least going to be sticking around. Not going to be probably based on this NIL deal, probably not going to go pro. That's yep. step one. Step two, Palmer leaves Alabama for Florida. If he doesn't leave Alabama for Florida, well, the Asikals probably not, or at least far less likely yep. to go from Alabama to Florida. And if Joe Franklin doesn't go from New Mexico to Louisville, then Thorner and Mazza Downey aren't even are probably not available. Like that's it. There's three major moves that happen that now suddenly we're talking about Florida potentially winning a national title. Do we think they have room for one more? Do we I think don't we know? I, 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 I think with SEC money, with Florida money, yeah, and an NIL deal and a grad transfer out there. Maybe it needs like to be like a one-year rental. If you have NIL money, I I know certain schools. I know I know like I know schools are. I know yeah. schools are using. They're trying to leverage that. Um, I'm not gonna put put it out of like out of reach. And like you know that that's the difference with NIL money. Like hey, if you come here, we'll give you NIL money. Like for for at least at least like a one-year graduate transfer. That makes a lot of sense. Um. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think it's doable, but I also would be would just be surprised. Like I mean, Asikal with Volby, with Mazadowni, with Thorner is already a lot. They already brought in Allison Wilson. I guess like my my thought process is like I'm concerned about Volby's health, uh, health and consistency. I'm concerned yeah. about who that fifth runner is going to be. What if not everyone runs well on the same day? You have to run well on the same day. I'd even say Thorner needs to be like this much better, like just this much better on the grass if they really want to contend for a national title. Um, so we'll see. There's still some questions, but what what an evolution for one I mean, team to go under. You're talking about three – they have at least three women who are top 50. I think probably going to be top 15 names this year. Probably. Which, I mean, that sets you up pretty well. And Thorner should be an All-American. And then you're just figuring out that fifth spot. But uh, yeah, I mean, it all depends on Volby. Like, there was no there was no scenario, even if they get two more runners, where 
they aren't dependent on Volby being healthy and running, like maybe not hundred percent, but like at least 90% where she's putting herself firmly in that top 10. And so, I mean, that's, that's going to be an X factor that they're not going to be able to get away from, but they only need to fill one more scoring spot. And I, I just have a lot of confidence that even if it's not going to be a perfect fit, I think they're going to be able to develop or get somebody else to be a top 80 kind of name. And I don't know if that wins them a title, but I think that puts them in conversations at least. I I think that's fair. I I think that's fair. I think a lot of it's going to be like, who's that fifth? And are you all running well on the same day? We'll assume Volby's going to be just good enough. Yeah. Um, Although, I mean, after the 5K stuff that she showed, she's probably the national title favorite. Um, It it depends. It depends on what what you view her health as. We'll see. We'll see. But this was um, a heck of a move. Will Palmer, I mean, if 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 they get on the podium, I don't see how he's not coach of the year in November for us, at least for yeah. TSR. Um, what he did to recruit these athletes is special. I don't remember anyone going from not in the qualifying conversation to national title conversation, much less in the span of two weeks. You're, we, we talked a lot about last summer of all these new coaches like Schumacher um, kind of coming in and being like, oh, they're going to really hit the portal and, and really pull in people like a little bit like what we saw Carlson do on the men's side. And we kind of didn't say those same things about Palmer when he got hired. And yet he has proven to be arguably the most proficient coach out of them all at recruiting these transfer portal athletes, which I mean, all credit well, I to I him. I think Colorado might argue. Yeah. That. Colorado is probably up there too, but I, I guess meaning like brand new coaches moving into new roles. Right. Um, but yeah, I, pretty wild just the his ability to do that and i think really changes our calculus on how we see florida obviously this coming year but also just the years moving forward too i i I think they really nailed that hire with palmer we knew he was a good coach i and obviously he played a big part in getting a lot of great athletes to come to alabama but i don't think at least i'll speak for myself i didn't see him as this elite of a recruiter on the transfer stage and that's going to be a huge asset for them moving forward. Completely agree. Yeah. I mean, kudos to him. Um, well, well, well done. Um, speaking of athletes that he could potentially go after on the transfer portal, Olivia, Howell, one year, uh, rental, uh, between cross country, indoor track and outdoor track, the mile indoor national champion who ran four thirty four at altitude at Albuquerque, which is like, what a 430 conversion or something like that. Maybe even 429, yeah. but something along those lines. She upset Lauren Gregory. She's run 433, uh, regularly non-converted. Uh, she's run 409 over 1500 meters, 202. Um, she's at one point was like in our cross country top 50 rankings uh, individually on the mm-hmm. women's side last fall, uh, was the Midwest uh, ch- regional champion, has had some up and down days on bigger stages like nationals and uh, like the Big Ten. Meet, but in the fall of 2021, she finished, I believe, 139th, 130th, something. Um, so a huge asset, great three-season threat, doesn't need to be a superstar, and for the right team could really complete their lineup, and maybe that lineup's the Gators. Yeah, I would be surprised if that's where she I'd be ended surprised. up. I'd be but huge, I, I mean, another like again, we are seeing just the transfer portal come up with bigger and bigger names every year. I mean, we talked about it with Mazda Downey and uh, Olivia Howell. I mean, obviously the mile indoor champ 
And obviously she didn't have necessarily the day she wanted to at outdoor championships where she finished eighth. But I was so impressed. And I think this speaks to her confidence, not only her confidence, but also her fitness, that she ran step for step with Tui as Tui kind of pushed out and went real hard early in that race. She was the only one who really went with her. And that's not the Olivia Howe we've seen in years past, even this past indoor season when she won that title, that's not really how she runs these races. She's more of a kind of like sit back a little bit and then finish strong and pick off people near the end for her to kind of have that confidence and self-belief. I think that bodes really well for her next year. And she's obviously proven with her indoor mile championship that she can run it in a quick time. She has that 409 PR. I think we might see like a dominant runner like emerge from in that 1500 mile like arena in Howell over the next year. She, I think, I think the underrated aspect of what she brings to the table is her tactics. I think she's tactically really Mm -hmm. underrated sometimes more than others. I mean, sometimes she's a little bit better in certain situations, but um, I I just think she, like if if you really want to get a score and like really want to, you know, have a marquee season with someone who can like really fill in a certain gap somewhere, like, I'm trying to think of a team that would kind of like be the right fit for her. Like to me, Arkansas would be a really nice spot for her veteran leadership, growing team. Uh, they, they value three season um, athletes like her. It would be a little ironic to get how after she beat Lauren Gregory for yeah. the mile national title. Um, but I, I think there'd be great fit, great value there. Um, if she wants to stay in the Midwest, I feel like Notre Dame would be like an excellent spot for someone like her. Um, do you have any thoughts as to like where that might be a good fit for her? I saw, I think in our group chat, maybe someone mentioned Virginia and I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I think the Arkansas, that, that kind of mold of a team that's looking to win maybe a indoor outdoor track title. I think she makes a lot of sense of just a plug in play. Like she's going to score you a good amount of points more than likely. And if you have a decent cross country team, she's also going to be able to help you there. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I mean, we'll talk about Arkansas in a second on the men's side, but I, I think they need kind of someone to come in and be a little bit of a leader of that program and give them a little jolt of talent and scoring punch. And I I think she could be that person as they kind of refresh this roster even more. Yeah. She's just, she's just valuable. Right. And it's, there's only so much value you can get out of a, you know, one year graduate transfer, but she, she's pretty much as high as you can get just, across the board, well-rounded, great, you know, really solid range, not amazing range, but solid range. And I, I just think it's um, to, to have someone at that level who I still think has a lot of untapped potential on the cross country course. Um, I, I wonder if we can fit her into our rankings this summer. I'd be interested to see if we can do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, she tight. had such a rough out or cross country national uh, race, but the rest of her, I mean, Big Tens wasn't great either, but she has shown flashes of being one of the top 50 names, certainly. Yeah. I mean, at one point she was. Like, she was listed in our top 50. Yeah. Um, I think especially because when you win that Midwest title, regionals, again, yeah. so tricky sometimes. You just It's it's hard to get a gauge. But, um, but yeah. No, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. You can't be a bad cross-country 
you can't be a bad cross country runner and win a regional championship. Like you, you have like, not well, everybody's going all out, but no, but you can win a Midwest title. You can win, you know, a, a regional title. Maybe like you can, we can win. There's certain regions where if you win the title, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a top 50 name. No, that's no. And I, I, I think that's fair. Um, let's transition. So Kirmi Yego, someone that we had talked about last week being on the transfer portal is headed to Arkansas. He has two seasons of cross country left. I believe at least one indoor and then one outdoor remaining. Going to Arkansas, pretty much exactly what we expected. He owns PRs of 1334 in the 5K and 2822 in the 10K. Just makes the world of sense with the Razorbacks. This is kind of who we both predicted he would end up with. He provides a ton of uh, value on the grass and then what he did this past outdoor season shows that he should be a scorer in at least the 10k as well yeah i mean you kind of look at where arkansas was at the national meet last year 23rd i believe overall um they lose two back-end guys but they return pretty much everyone else you add in yego in there and you kind of start doing the math about like where that puts them it's pretty much what we said like it, it's top 20 slash like flirting with the top 15 that's where the ceiling kind of caps right now, but I'll be interested to see what happens. Like does Arkansas start going after a few other names? Cause that's what they have the they, history of doing. They yeah. certainly and will try. They, and they will certainly try. We've seen them do it in the past. We've seen them bring in an odd slot of, uh, of names before both men's and women's sides. Um, but Yego's perfect. Like he's just, he, he feels a little bit like a clone of Kiprop and they're going to be, awesome one-two punch in fact if dylan jacobs goes pro then they might be the best one-two punch in the sec depending on how you feel about victor kiprop of alabama and Ilya kipsang or hillary chariot or you know whatever the case may be um so yeah i mean that that'll be interesting and then it's a matter of like okay so tennessee does lose them then like who you know how, how does the rest of their lineup look and compared to alabama can they all run on the same day like they did last year at secs and then it's like, well, if Arkansas develops their back, you know, back group, it gets interesting because I think we forget, you know, and Ole Miss as well, you know, they're, they're slowly beginning to enter the conversation, especially by picking up Cruz Gomez, uh, in addition to Toby Gillen and Jack Meiser. Um, I, th- I think we forget how close that SEC cross country race was <laughs> last fall, where they were all within like three or four points. That was one of the more stunning races all year where yeah. we thought that was kind of going to be, uh, what was that, Alabama or Tennessee. And then all of a sudden we have like four teams duking it out all of a sudden where we just thought Ole Miss and Arkansas would be way back. And it was just a, frankly, one of the more entertaining races we saw all season. Um, I would be surprised if we see something like that again. But, I mean, everybody... I teams are kind of loading back up and kind of moving toward a, a steady equilibrium between all four. So maybe we will. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be really fun um, to kind of throw that in there. So um, I, I'm excited real, real quick though. I, I know we actually don't have anything more on a rundown, but I am going to mm-hmm. throw an audible. I want to throw one last one out there. This happened a while ago, but we never really talked about it. And I feel like it matters. And it's Isaiah Sturry, Isaiah Sturry, the former freshman standout from Notre yep. Dame, going to Oregon. This just transfer happened a couple months ago, actually. Um, but I do think it's big enough to the point where we got to talk about it. Um, a, are you surprised? 
B, how good will he be and how good will Oregon be this year, which is a, a, a wildly challenging question, um, <laughs> considering that Oregon loses Bienenfeld and a few other names, but returns yeah. a bunch of young guys and how do they develop and the recruits and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, then, and then where do you see like, you know, what, what, do you, what, do you, what does this mean for the Oregon Ducks long term? I mean, it's a huge move for them long term because he brings, I think, basically a full four years on the track and three years on the grass. So he's almost as good of a as a new recruit, but someone who has proven ability on the NCAA stage, at least on the grass. I mean, him finishing 63rd this past fall. I mean, he was and he had a great consistent season. I mean, for a freshman to yep. finish 14th at Joe Piani, 28th at Nettico, 9th at ACC, like that is a excellent resume. And then to cap it off with that 63rd uh, place finish at NCAAs is about as good as you can expect um, from a true freshman. Obviously, we, we've seen some come in and, and be in that top 30, top 40, but that's an excellent season. And he is huge for an Oregon program, like you said that is looking to kind of get the ball rolling downhill um, again, rather than kind of just be pushing it uphill and just trying to hang on and stick kind of to that same area that they've been. Now they can start to pick up some momentum. They can bring in Reinhard Harrison from last year who didn't run at all this, this past year. And I think hopefully will be part of their plans in a big way uh, moving forward. I'm excited to see what they could do. I think they're going to need to pick up some more names and develop well. But when you have the coaching staff like they do, you have a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, this is a team of the future, um, especially with Sturry. Um, Sturry is also like, I think the the aspect that maybe gets overlooked here is that he might be so young, but he's wildly reliable. I mean, on a Notre Dame team that was... (laughs) I mean, frankly, they were not reliable. They were not consistent throughout last year. They had really high peaks and really tough lows. But Sturry was like the one guy who gave them any like reliability outside of like Carter Solomon, right? I mean, even Carter Solomon was, you know, he he was good at Joe Piani, but I, I have to go back and double check where exactly he was. He was 13th, you know, one spot ahead of Sturry. But I mean, that, that race wasn't, in, you know, an accurate comparison to what Indicative. the rest of the season was like. Yeah. yeah. Um I love this move for Oregon. I, I they I hope they threw the entire you know fund at them, whatever they have over there. Getting caboodle. Um, all the scholarship. Yeah, I, I hope they threw it because he's just that good. Um, in terms of value, I, I think he's I, wildly underrated. And the, does you know the lack of track uh, this past year was not great. I don't know what happened there. Probably yeah. just you know developing and growing as a true freshman, but. That's a huge, huge win. And if Oregon's on the podium in two, three years' time, I think it's probably going to be because of Sturry. Yep, yep, he'll be a big part. And, I mean, again, he's he's that pillar that you can kind of grow the rest of the team from. Like, he, maybe yep. he's not their true low stick, but he's that consistent performer who you know is going to be around for the next three years that you can build a team around. And that's invaluable, especially for a team trying to build for the future like Oregon huge loss for Notre Dame um, but a a big big gain for the Oregon Ducks so yeah that's a good point we're gonna I'm gonna have to when we're doing our rankings and our individual rankings I think he's gonna play a big part in how we decide certain spots so yeah yeah that'll be that'll be a fun one to try to figure out I'm not sure about him but he'll he'll be in there somewhere I'm just not sure where Um, yeah that'll be fun 
So, um, cool. I'm going to wrap it there. Uh, if you like uh, this podcast, go leave a five-star rating review and written review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, we're on YouTube. Go subscribe there. We're going to uh, start posting a few things later this year. So go subscribe, like, smash that like button, right? Is that what they say? They say smash the like button. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, sure. Why not? And then uh, on the site, so much stuff is on the site. Like so much stuff. We've got... Uh, transfer news galore regular news galore as we already went over today some of that um we've got you know discussion articles uh you know we're gonna have some rankings later this month in july uh i think late july you can expect some of that to come out um and just loads and loads of content a lot of great transfer stuff go check out the transfers page as well um and then go follow us on instagram and on twitter um even though you might not be able to see our tweets anymore on twitter so uh <laughs> that's a it's an it's not not because of us. It's because of Elon Musk. But anyways, regardless, uh, that's all I've got. Uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, until next week, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.